Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia, and today we're in studio with two special guests. We have Rudy Campos Jr. and Eric. Yes, sir, Eric Enriquez. Of the, what, Rated R? Rated R Podcast joining us in studio. So we'll be talking a little bit about the latest Kawhi debacle and the latest rumors going on with Kawhi. Why Kawhi? And we're going to be talking about the NBA playoffs. And we'll also be talking a little bit about something that's close to my heart. Jason Witten retiring. The old guy finally decided to call it quits, man. And we'll go ahead and talk about what are the Cowboys' chances moving forward. And are they going to be going to the playoffs? Almost by la Super Bowl or not? <laughs> all right. So we'll talk about this and a lot more in an all-new episode of the Two Shots Podcast starting now. All right, guys. Well, I'd like to say thank you for joining me in the studio. Well, thank you for having us, Joe. Yeah. It's always a pleasure. So we'll go ahead and get right in here, man. We're going to talk about the latest Kawhi Leonard rumors. We just had something come out this week. Another article. Supposedly, again, the source told me. I don't know how many times I've heard this before. You know, Kawhi's not happy here in San Antonio. His family doesn't like it here. It's small market. They want to leave. I'm like, all right, heard it all before. You know, the same thing that comes out of all the national media. So why don't you let us know? What did you? What was your take on it? What did you think, Rudy? Honestly, you know, the Kawhi talk has been the biggest talk in San Antonio all year long. And seeing that now the article comes out that uh, his family's not fond of San Antonio. They don't want to be here, apparently. And obviously, Kawhi doesn't want to be here. Again, it's all, all speculation. Nothing's come out of Spurs, you know, front office organization in general but you know the Kawhi talk it's starting to really you know bite me in the ass a whole lot more lately only because of the fact that nobody knows anything nothing's come out of you know Kawhi's mouth nothing's come out of the Spurs mouth but at this point I'm already at the point of looking at it as just just get something going if you're gonna leave leave just come out and say hey I want to leave and just go you know, I, I'm tired of the Kawhi talk right now, just going back and forth. And, oh, you know, I want to finish my uh, my career as a spur. And then you have your family saying, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, we want to go to a bigger market. Well, you know, go up by 35 to Dallas. That's a big market in Texas. You're still going to get your tax-free money. The only difference is, is you're not going to get $219 million. You're going to get $139 million over that five years. So, you know, I'm just tired of it. And if you want to leave, take off, brother. You know, I'll pack your bags for you. Yeah. And what about you, Eric? I mean, what do you think about this latest Kawhi Leonard uh, rumor that came out this week? Uh, just kind of piggybacking off of Rudy here. I kind of agree with him. Um, you know, Kawhi, of course, he's a real private guy, quiet guy. Um, but like Rudy said, um, we could maybe um, try to uh, maybe say something, you know, let us know something. I mean, I mean, honestly, Kawhi doesn't owe anybody anything. He doesn't owe the fans anything. But, you know, it, it would be nice to hear from him um, to see whether, uh, you know, to give us some kind of clarity on it. Um, of course, I would like him to stay. He's a franchise player. But uh, just like Rudy said, um, if you don't want to be here, that's fine. Just speak up and say something. And then the whole situation with his uncle, I find kind of weird. You know, I don't. But I guess he has Kawhi's best interests at heart, but I mean, he's got interests of his own here, apparently. So, um, kind of reminded me of the whole uh, situation about uh, remember that Rudy and Joe that movie, um, um, 
He got game with uh, Ray Allen. Oh, yeah. yeah reminds me of, of his uncle that took over. You know, the uncle that yeah, took over. Yeah. And he was, that's what it kind of reminded me. He's got something shady going on. But, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's what I think about it. Yeah, my take on the whole situation is, I mean, you keep hearing things here and there from the national media. Even from local media, they might report on it, like, maybe at least a couple times throughout the week because it's a hot topic and it's clickbait. And it's just that. It's clickbait. Until we actually hear definitive you know, proof from somebody from the Spurs front office that's actually coming out and talking about it. Spurs release a statement. Kawhi's front, you know, uh, camp for front office, should I say, releases a statement on it. Everything you hear, you got to take it with a grain of salt. It's probably not true. It probably is true. We really don't know. So at this point, I'm just going to say, who cares? You know, if he wants to stay, he'll stay. Once they, you know, they in fact do present him with a $219, you know, $200 million extension, you know, as a max contract, and he declines the offer, then that tells you all you need to know right then and there. But until that day happens, and it's probably not going to happen until somewhere at the end of June, maybe the beginning of July, then we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it. But until that point in time, just keep moving forward. I wouldn't even look at the hot sheets right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, but if you think about it, all the reports are saying that his family, his uncle, his agent, they have his best interest at heart. If if my if I'm Kawhi Leonard and my uncle is running my my life per se basketball wise, what is it, you know, what good does it do to decline 219 million and go, okay, let's play one more year for the Spurs and go get a 5-year deal at 139 million? I mean, does it, obviously, is it about the money? I guess not. If they want to move him right away, it obviously is not about the money. But my best interest would be, hey, give me the $219 million because if, you know, I'm a little crybaby like I was this season and I don't want to play, I have $219 million in the bank. And I can just live off of that. $139 million does not sound as good as $219 million. Now, I'm not saying Kawhi's a baby, but, you know, I understand some people, some people you know, they, they heal faster than others. And Kawhi may have a problem healing with this, but when you have the greatest medical team staff in sports, in my opinion, why are you questioning that? I mean, there's something about that that is really, you know, chomping at the nutsack of every Spurs fan, and that's what I don't like. Yeah, yeah, I um, um, well, I'm sorry, I got a brain now. Fart there. He I'm lost sorry. his thought. <laughs> I, 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 I was coming in strong. I think Rudy, I Rudy, you threw him off. I flat. You threw him. You threw him off tangent when you said <laughs> he nutsack. Did. He did. <laughs> okay, I, I got it. Okay, I got it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got it. My question is to y'all: is that if they want to take him to a bigger market and market him, what are they marketing for Kawhi? He doesn't have a personality. He's an introvert. He doesn't come out. He doesn't speak. So I'm think the only thing you have to market really is his game, right? His the way he plays the game. And um, and he's hurt right now. He's not out there playing, obviously. So what is there to market with him? Like, I I don't know. What do y'all guys think about that? As far as marketing, the thing is, is that Kawhi's trying to market himself because Kawhi's trying to market himself as a brand. And that's when they say we we have his best interest in mind, his uncle and his uh, his camp, you know, his his family members. What I think they're trying to do is they're trying to market Kawhi as his own individual brand, probably which is one of the reasons why they did not, I guess, accept the extension right away with Nike. Uh, They kind of, you know, were thinking about what are we going to do moving forward? Just kind of seems to me like Kawhi wants to follow in the steps of the Ball family and have his own type of brand. And at some point in time, 
if you, that's going to happen, we'll probably see it happen fairly quickly, like maybe this season or next season, where you just see him wearing his own sneakers, the claw brand sneakers or the claw brand apparel, that kind of stuff. Because I think his family and probably his agent really believe that at this point in time, he is probably ready to have his own marketable brand, you know? And if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, I mean, why wouldn't you want to do that? You, if it does take off and you're that popular, um, you're going to wind up having all that money instead of having to share it with another big brand company that's going to be seeing most of the profit. And yeah, they're not, you know, throwing chump chains at, at you, but if they're making upwards of $200 million and they're only paying you three or four mil, something's wrong with that picture. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, well, and one's bigger than him right now. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, I mean, just <laughs> yeah. it all depends on, it doesn't matter how big you are. It matters the quality of the items that you're putting out, you know, as far as apparel, it's all about exclusivity, you know, as far as how available is it, you know, is it hard to get? Is it really, you know, something that people are going to want? And if everything is yes, 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 and you're only releasing it in limited numbers, you can actually charge whatever the hell you want. You can charge more than Nike for your pair of shoes and you're only going to release 100 and sell them for $500 each. People will buy them, you know, and you'll see the markup uh, on eBay or, you know, Craigslist or somewhere in the aftermarket yeah. where people are going to make a profit for it. But moving forward, we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs and what's been going on there. We had some huge games occur yesterday and we had... Uh, the overtime game with the Celtics and Sixers, that one was kind of a letdown. I expected to see a little bit more out of the Sixers. It's it's just been a disappointment, man. I got to say, you know, I thought they were going to at least give the Celtics a run for their money, but you lose 3-0. and I mean, you're down 3-0, and and yesterday you lost in overtime 101-98. to uh, You know, the Celtics team is good right now, granted that. But the Sixers are not as good as everybody thought they were. I think that's what's happening right now. We're seeing this young team that really hasn't gone through the growing pains of losing in the playoffs. Yes, this is the first year that they've actually made it to the playoffs in a very long time. And they actually made it to the second round, which is, you know, another plus for them. But if you're talking about a, a young nucleus of of team, you know, of team members and of athletes and they really don't have that, you know, devastating losses that's happened to them yet where they're actually going to learn from it. It's going to sting and it's going to hurt in the offseason. And I think the Sixers are going to be good probably within the next maybe two or three years that we'll see them really make a run, you know, and getting out of the East. But right now they're still going to have a couple of really heartbreaking losses that they have to go through. And this is just the start for them. I mean, what do you think, Eric? We'll start with you. Um, I agree. Yeah, the the Sixers, they're still a young team. Uh, they got a lot bright future ahead of them. But, you know, like you said, Joe, it was kind of, uh, you know, a little bit of a kind of, I don't want to say fool's gold, but, you know, just everybody's got through their got to go through their growing pains as they're experiencing right now. Uh, even though the Celtics are down two guys, I mean, they're still a, a very good team with a lot of good players. They're well coached. Um, I think Brad Stevens is one of the best coaches out there. Um but yeah, the way they're—I um, don't think the way they're trying to take out Ben Simmons is smart. He's the playmaker. He's the one that makes the engine run there. Um, if you kind of shut him down, take him out of his rhythm, take him out of his game, you know, obviously that's what they're doing, and um, it's paying off for them. Minus, minus two players still, and um, 
Uh, I think they're just going to like let Embiid do what he wants to do and just let him run wild and try to shut down Ben Simmons as much as you can. And obviously it's uh, paying off for him as they're on the verge of uh, a sweep. Yeah, and you, Rudy? Yeah, you know, I've pretty much been let down by Philadelphia this series. I expected them, the way they were playing, to go all the way to the finals. I just didn't see anybody stopping them. But with, you know, if you look at the coaches, that's the difference maker right there. You know, you have Brett Brown with Philadelphia, you know, former Spurs guy. But you also have Brad Stevens on the other side. Brad Stevens has been called a genius like Pop when it comes to coaching. And you're kind of seeing it come out now. You know, he's down two players as where Philadelphia is 100%. And he's still able to make it work. He's still able to get enough and enough and the most out of his players. But it's that coaching style that is making a difference in this series. You're right. Philly's going to have more heartaches, you know, before they're going to have more, you know, victories and stuff. But, you know, I, I'm looking at the Philadelphia team and thinking you've got such great young talent. You've put it together all year. What are you doing now? I mean, Ben Simmons is a non-factor in this series. Joel Embiid is still a factor, but he's playing like the actual rookie that, you know, he should have been playing, you know, beforehand. He's not doing what he has been doing all season. Plus, you're still getting Redick and Bellinelli doing real good. But my question is, is why is Brett Brown not paying Fultz more? He matches up a whole lot better with Rozier at that position. And that Rozier is one of the guys that's just killing him right now. Yeah, I think it, that has more to do with what the coach sees in practice and what he sees out there on the court versus what we actually think. Yeah. You know, because we're not there with them 24-7. Yeah. You know, so there's certain things I believe that the coach can see that he can do and certain things that he sees he can't, even though we think, oh, yeah, he should be out there and he should be doing that. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we're not the coach, you know, so yeah. we yeah. can only feel a certain way as fans, you know, and we want to see that matchup out there. We really want to see them at their best. But for whatever reason, it's just like Coach Pop, man, you want to see these matchups and sometimes he just doesn't give you that, yeah. you know, and it's because. There's something there. You got to trust in the system, no matter how much it pains you. Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit now moving forward here about um, this Cavs game and the Raptors, man. This is another one. You know, Raptors are the number one team in the East, number one seed going up against the Cleveland Cavaliers that have had their issues and they weren't looking so strong to start the, the playoffs and they had to win in seven games against the lowly Indiana Pacers. And now we see him going up against what was supposed to be a juggernaut in this young, hungry Raptors team. And they have just laid an egg. And I call it the curse of Drake. Every time Drake is involved, they always wind up losing. Somebody, please get that brother out of the damn arena, man. Tell him he can't show up for games no more. Can't be talking to Kenrick Perkins like he's some type of fool because Kenrick Perkins will handle him. You know, you need to just sit down like Kendrick Perkins said, sit down, shut up and watch the game. You know, he needs to they need to take him out of the arena, man. Every time he shows up, it seems like the team loses in the playoffs. I'd like to see what happens when Drake's not over there, at you know, in Toronto. If we're trying to watch a game from the from the first row, I wonder if they'll win. (laughs) You know, then they can say it's Drake's fault. It's been Drake's fault this whole time. But this time it wasn't Drake's fault. They were playing in Cleveland. And unfortunately, it was just too much of the great LeBron James. And yes, I said great. Because let's let make no mistakes about it. When you compare him to Jordan, Jordan had a better, I guess, he had more hardware. He was more of an accomplished 
uh, superstar than LeBron James is right now in his career. But LeBron James is the best basketball player right now in the league. And possibly, he quite possibly, be, be, you know, just depending on what he's done so far right now, I mean, I'd have to say at this stage in his career, I'd even put him before Jordan as far as just what he does out there on the court. He does things that Jordan never could do. You know, LeBron James is an all-around great player and when he's re- when he retires and he goes into the hall of fame he's probably going to be remembered as one of the best if not the best player who's ever played the game and once again he went ahead and handled de- deviled out the dagger should i say to the raptors with time expiring when it looked like this game was going into overtime dudes going to his left shoots up a bank shot that would have made tim duncan proud <laughs> and all you got to do is say wow and the consensus was from like a Manu Ginobili, from some of these other players in the league, they were just in awe of LeBron James. And I think that's what we all are doing right now. We're just in awe of how great this guy is and how, you know, he keeps himself in shape and what he's been able to do this far in his career already. I mean, it's hard to say that, but yeah, he is getting older, but he's still one of these players who, for the most part, really hasn't been injured. You know, he's a superstar that, He's very battle-tested, man. I mean, he's he's been great. I'd like to see him come to San Antonio. But what do you think about the game that you saw yesterday, Rudy? Uh, fantastic game. You know, the first two games were just horrendous to watch, and I agree with the Drake thing. But the good thing about Drake is that after they lose game four, he's going to be donning a Warriors shirt again like he had before. Oh, God. So, you know, but, you know, the, the series is kind of, you know, not going what I've expected. I expected Toronto to come back, you know, end of the series and just take take Cleveland to school. They were so hungry. You know, DeRozan, Lowry, you know, these guys, this whole team has the same feel. And Toronto fans, I love y'all to death. You know, y'all haven't had success in Cito Gaston back in the way, back in the days. <laughs> but, you know, my thing is that I feel for you guys because this Toronto team and the past few years reminds me of the early Spurs teams for me. You were really good. You were going to make the playoffs. You were just going to get beat in the playoffs. You weren't going anywhere. Whether it was that first round, you know, sweep when you were a second seed against Golden State with run TMC, or, you know, you had the number one seed and you lost to well, Memphis that year. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to bring up the Rod Strickland debacle oh, no, no. against the Blazers. Rod, Rod Strickland, <laughs> I, okay, yeah, the, the Blazer, the behind the back pass, which I will never, ever, ever understand, you know. That's another debacle. But these Raptors fans are going through what us Spurs fans went through a long time ago. You're good enough to get into the playoffs. You're just not good enough to do anything in the playoffs. They can't close. That's their problem. No. They can't close. Yeah. They don't have a closer. They. This is the fourth quarter for the Spurs way back when. Yeah. We all knew, hey, Spurs are up 15. Spurs are up 20. Charles Barkley said it best. They're done. At the end of the fourth quarter, they're done. And that was the way it was for Spurs fans. And the same thing with the Raptors. You know, LeBron's got their number. He, you can put him against all five, and he's still going to win this series. I mean, it's just a, it's just a bad look in Toronto right now, and I don't think Casey's going to last after this they're gonna, season. They're going to make some trades, yeah, no doubt, they, man. They needed to make a trade in the trade on the trade deadline this year yeah. because they didn't, and they they actually could have done a lot well, a lot better. If they would have gotten Blake Griffin. Yeah. In that deal. Uh, I don't know, man. I think they, they, Blake Griffin is not a closer, man. In that no, fourth no, no. quarter, dude, he's not a closer. But he's that extra low post punch that you need that they don't have. Mm-hmm. You know, Sergi Baca is not the Sergi Baca of old. 
you know, Valatunas is Valatunas. I mean, he's, you know, Chosterich at best. I mean, but you need that low post guy who's going to be able to give DeRozan and Lowry those open looks. And something like Griffin, who's an in and out guy, would have made more of a difference against Cleveland. Yeah. Well, what about you, Eric? Um, how how much do uh, Toronto fans hate uh, LeBron James? I thought you were going to say Drake. No, 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 LeBron. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe him too. Yeah, yeah, him too, right? But um, I mean, what can you say? I mean, it's like you said, Joe. LeBron, one of the greatest of all times. If not, you can make a argument that he is the greatest. Um, just another dagger to the Raptors, and um, they uh, definitely like like Rudy said, remind you of the uh, the old Spurs. You know, they have a great regular season, they get to the playoffs, and it, everything just collapses. Um, so, um, when's the next game for them? I go. Let's see. They uh, had one yesterday. One yesterday, right? So probably uh, tomorrow. Yeah. So that'll be over with for. Um, Think it's gonna tomorrow. be a sweep or a gentleman sweep? No, it's gonna be a sweep. It's going to be a sweep, I think. Um, just put them out of their misery already and uh, let them start yeah, the offseason. They, they play tomorrow at 7.30. Yeah, it's over tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving forward, we're going to talk now about uh, a little bit of the you know about the Dallas Cowboys and Jason Witten decided uh, to finally call it quits and retire. I didn't think the day would come as fast as it has. You know, I thought he still had one more season in him. But, you know, like you said, he consulted with, you know, his inner circle, which consisted of uh, Jerry Jones, Jason Garrett. Of course, his family, I think, had a very important part to play in it. And as far as his decision to retire, uh, him retiring, it, it's the equivalent of Tim Duncan retiring, you know. Minus the rings. Yeah, minus the <laughs> rings. You know, unfortunately, you would have wanted to see Jason Witten get a ring or at least have a, a trip to the oh, Super yes, Bowl, yes, sir. Right. you know, but he's, he gave everything he had. I mean, you can't ask more of a guy, you know, and he said it best, you know, he wasn't the flashiest. He wasn't the most athletic, but he wasn't going to let nobody outwork him and that he certainly didn't let anybody outwork him. He was out there doing his thing, you know, and they were like, well, he's the slowest guy out there, but you know what? The dude was a tank. He could take a hit. He was going to get that ball and he was going to give you everything he had. You couldn't ask for more out of a player, out of a, a a person in the locker room. As far as a teammate goes, he was one of the best. I mean, he's gonna his presence in the locker room and on the field is gonna be sorely missed this next season. Yes, but like he said, you know, he he felt it was time for him to, you know, go ahead and retire and let the younger, newer generation of Dallas Cowboys superstars start emerging. So for better or for worse, I don't know if we're gonna have the Raymond Orta, you know, crying every game or we're going to be, you know, saying prenda la vela, we're going to the Super Bowl kind of thing. So, I mean, what do you think, Eric, because you're a big time Cowboys fan like me? I mean, how did this hit you? Yeah, I um, more than the on the field production, like you said, it's the the leadership in the locker room that's going to be missed more than anything. Um, you can't put a price on that. Um, with him gone, of course, Dez gone, Romo gone. I This is officially Dak's team now. He's officially have to you know step it up, become a, a more of a vocal leader. He has to be. Um, but Witten, and uh, you can't say enough about him, Joe. You you can't uh, his work ethic, everything he put out there, and it's it is a shame. It is. He was a the real old shame. faithful. He was the old exactly. faithful man. You could old Mister Reliable. You know, every time you needed a third down, you know, 
Look to him, six, seven yards, first down, and now that right in the middle of the, the field, in the middle right. of the field, that's out, that's out the window now. Um, yeah, you're gonna um, even though his numbers declined, the you know the last you know three, four years or so, but um, it's gonna be hard. You can't replace him. It's not gonna be hard to replace. You can't. It's gonna be hard looking him. out yeah. there on the field and it's, not seeing him. Exactly, and my wife's heart was broken too. <laughs> I bet, <laughs> you're a big old Jason Wynn fan. But oh, Jason, wait! I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see if uh, the Cowboys tight ends as a collective unit. You know, you don't have anybody out there that's you know gonna be a big star. But you can hope, you know, as a Cowboys fan that you know they can piece something together and you know just put you know some numbers together here and there. You know, um, this is a run first team, so um, obviously you need a tight end that's gonna block first and foremost. But um, We'll see what happens next time. It's you know third and five, third and six. Who uh, who Dak's gonna turn to now? Um, he's definitely gonna be missed. Oh, that's gonna sure. have to feed Zeke, and then we got that new uh, tight end, rookie tight end. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah that's gonna be interesting. Stanford. See how he mm-hmm. does, because you know he's gonna get his bell rung a couple of times. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. You know they got um, a couple other younger guys there. You still got. The curious case of Rico Gathers, you know, what, what the hell are you going to get from him? So. <laughs> Uncle Rico. <laughs> I'm going to picture that guy from, like, from Napoleon Dynamite yeah, yeah, making Rico. those making yeah. those videos, <laughs> throwing the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Put me in, coach. <laughs> what do you think, Rudy, about, you know, Jason Witten's uh, retirement announcement this week? You know, I... I'm not going to bash the Cowboys like I normally do, you know. Oh, thank you for that, Rudy. No problem. I love the Cowboys, and I've said it many times. I love the Cowboys because my wife's a Cowboy fan. And if I want to get divorced, then I just root against them. But I don't want to do that anytime soon. She's a big Witten fan. And it's a loss for the entire organization. You're talking about a stand-up person, you know, very, very respectable person in the league. Uh, that, That speaks a lot of volumes. And he had a terrific career. He had probably, I would say he's number two all time, as far as me, as far as tight end goes. And, you know, being number one was Tony Gonzalez. You know, he was a Falcon as well, but also he did more damage as a Chief, too. So, wouldn't, I would say Witten is number two. Um, I'm more lost for words in it because I didn't expect it right away. But, again, when you've got Monday Night Football calling you and saying, we're going to pay you this much money, and you stop and think, okay, I can get this much money, which is probably going to be about close to what I'm going to get from Dallas, and I don't have to take a hit, you know. That that made more sense for him. You know, last year looking at him, it just looked like he was hurting so, so bad. Every time he caught that ball and tried to make a move. Yeah, so the whole wooden thing, you know, um, great career, great guy. Love him to death. Um, I, I wish you well off into the sunset and into Monday Night Football, but I know it's a heartbreaker for the Cowboys, and – I think they'll bounce back from it. You know, the tight end position has kind of changed a lot lately, so they need more of that blocking tight end. And, um, you know, like you know, Eric said, Rico gathers. I mean, people expect big things from him, but are you really going to get it? You really don't know. So overall, Witten, hey, great career. Love you, man. Enjoy Monday Night Football. All right, so what we're going to announce right now is that from this point forward, we're going to have Eric and Rudy be a part of the Two Shots podcast and I'll be hopping on from time to time, too, over at their Rated R uh, podcast. So keep an eye out for them. And if you guys want to let the people know, where can they find you guys on social media? Uh, right now for the Rated R podcast, since uh, we are just getting going, 
Uh, on Twitter, it's uh, at rated underscore R podcast. Also on Facebook, we're both on the uh, on Facebook for uh, the Rated R podcast page. You can go to there, like it. Uh, we've got some stuff on there right now. Uh, we're going to be putting more content up. Also, as always, we do a lot of giveaways, so be sure to like the page. That way you can be a part of the giveaways. Um, and outside of that, we're going to be heading up on Instagram. We also will have a website coming up, the uh, www.radarpodcast.com. So we got a lot of good stuff coming up, but for right now, there's only two ways to get a hold of us. All right, so make sure you guys go and take take a look at them and check out their stuff. And also, go ahead and give them a hard time, you know, talk <laughs> sports with them. Oh, yes. You know, Rudy likes to argue with people, so he trolled the shit out of them. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I always win my arguments, whether I'm right or wrong. But before I go, I have a couple of questions, Joe. Yeah. Since uh, this is the first time you're with the uh, Rated R guys here, we do a hot seat type thing, and I'm going to ask you two quick questions <laughs> and just give me your best answers on them. Harder for you, win retiring or Manu retire? Oh, that's easy, man. Oh, Manu retiring, man. Manu? Yeah, yeah that's going to be the hardest. Last one, because I had a whole bunch, but I know we got time constraints here. Griff's Burgers or Whataburger? <laughs> oh, man, that's a tough one. <laughs> but, you know, I've gotten older and wiser, man. I got to go with Whataburger, man. Yeah, because that Griff's Burger greaseful. Yeah, dude, the Griff's Burgers, I don't know. People haven't had Griff's Burger <laughs> on the south side. Griff's Burger was a go-to down in Dirty Burger. And you would grab the bag and you could literally see the grease. <laughs> it would just bleed through the bag. So by the time you went to your car, you might have lost a burger or two. <laughs> yeah, you eat griffs, man. You eat grease for griffs at least for like maybe three months straight. You'll probably get a heart attack, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Eat it first time. You'll probably get a heart yeah. attack that first time. Yeah, man. Shout out to you, Jeff Garcia News 4. I do the Locked On Spurs podcast with him. We're reminiscing the other day, along with Rudy and some other guys, about Griff's Burgers and how we used to sneak them into the theater and eat them and play old school video games. <laughs> Century South, if you guys didn't remember, man, back in the 80s, Century yeah. South had it, man. They had that big, they had one of the biggest arcades, and we had a lot of fun out there, man. So that was our trip down memory lane. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, it was good, man. Good. Yeah. Well, it was good having you guys on the show. We look forward to doing more shows with you guys. And we're still going to have our other friends uh, involved with the show as well. You know, we're just adding some other people to the for, to the cast of the Two Shots podcast. You know, it's just additions in, in regards to, you know, our already people that we already know as far as Thomas the Spurs Dude Vega and also Tom Tom Singleton. So until next time, guys, you all take care. And we look forward to bringing you better and new content. Should probably be pretty much, uh, I'd say about every week, maybe maybe more than that if we can. So keep a watch out for the, you know, Two Shots podcast. And until next time, go Spurs, go.